In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. So we have, as I say, we have two great readings. We have, we have lots of great readings. Um, just, just quickly, quickly, I didn't know our psalm was, was our help is in the name of the Lord, which would have been better maybe last week, because that was, the, that was exactly what the woman um, said to Jesus for the demon to cast out, Lord, help me. So it isn't help like, help me, you know, get that, you know, something off of a high shelf. It's a real, our help is in the name of the Lord that we have from Psalm 124. So that's just, just, a, just to put a ribbon on that from last week. Um, so we have, we have our two readings from, from uh, the New Testament and the Gospel are like to be continued next week readings. Uh, both of them really could have been all, all one, but we get to, so we'll deal with half of, half of the gospel reading where we get to say, yay, Peter, this week. And next week we go, oh, Peter. But that's getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, we, know, we know next week that if we remember this story, um, when Jesus tries to expound on what it is to be the Christ, Peter says, well, that's not going to happen. Um, but we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Uh, and, and in Romans, we sort of have the rest of, of this passage um, from Romans 12 as well. So uh, we have those to look forward to next week, as, as well as um, a, a good long while of, of looking probably occasionally at the life of Moses and, and the Exodus and, and some of that aspect, which starts today with um, Hebrew women being very vigorous and giving birth before the midwives could get there, so they can't do that, when, and, and then God bless them. Um, which is, which is, it's such a great, it's such a great story. There's all these, there's always hidden heroes in the Bible, and these two Egyptian midwives are one of them, right? They're, they're basically... Feared, feared the Hebrew God, and while while Pharaoh may have forgotten um, Joseph, probably these women did not forget Joseph, right? That and, and all that he did would basically save um, the whole the whole society from from famine. So, anyway, but we're going to look largely today at 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 this at this gospel as well as as well as. Um, as well as the reading from Romans. And, and we begin sort of just from a couple of verses before where we're starting today where the Pharisees and the Sadducees are demanding a sign from Jesus. Um, they're, they're asking, it isn't enough, all the things that he's already done aren't enough, they keep, they're asking for a sign. And so then Jesus, as he's, as he's rowing, with his disciples and the boat says, Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees. And they say, Did we forget to bring bread? And Jesus says, Oh my gosh, are you kidding me, you dullards? Right? I mean, he's like, Were you not there for the feeding of the 5,000? Were you not there for the feeding of the 4,000? You really think I'm talking about bread? And they said, Oh, so you're talking about their teaching. So that's where we are now. And they dock and they get out and they're in Caesarea Philippi, which um, 
Caesarea Philippi has recently been renamed by Philip the Tetrarch, who decided to name it after himself, um, and uh, Caesar Augustus, to which they are now uh, their shrines, worshiping Caesar Augustus as God. Uh, but it's but it's been but it's been a popular pagan worship site, and there's little niches all through the rocks um, there to various gods. Uh, the Greek god Pan, as well as Baal, and and other gods throughout the way. So it's been it's this it's this um, pagan site that's that Jesus is asking this question, which is very important, right? Because it's sort of getting to to the crux and the heart of of um, what were what Jesus and and moreover what Jesus has come to do when he talks about the kingdom of God. And so in it's within this, this region, this moment, this place of, of uh, pagan worship, as well as uh, uh, the, the multiple gods that just sort of exist, most especially right now with the current god of the Roman Emperor. And that Jesus says, um, who do people say that the Son of Man is? The Son of Man is that sort of messianic um, character from the book of Daniel, right? Who do people say the Son of Man is? to himself. And, and um, they say, well, some say Elijah, some say John the Baptist, come back to life. Some say Jeremiah, one of the other prophets. Right? And these are, these are all the prophets of Israel, all those, those people who, are, who tell you what to do. Right? This is what you need to do in order to, to come back to God, to get into God's Good graces. You need to be baptized. You need to go do this. You need to go do that. There's, these are things you need to do. The prophets basically say you need to give to the poor. You need to stop doing this and start doing this, and God will will begin to turn His face back towards you because right now you have left God behind. Jesus then says, "Who do?" You say that I am. Right? And, and Peter says, You're the Christ, the Son of the Living God. Jesus says, Blessed are you, son, Simon, son of Jonah, Simon Bar Jonah. Flesh and blood have not revealed this to my heavenly Father, has revealed this to you. And I tell you, upon this rock, um, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not stand against it and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven and now lots of times we pick on all the Baptists and the other Protestants and now we get to pick on the Catholics um, who, who have, have decided that, that the rock, because Peter means rock, that, that, that Peter is the person that the church is built on, and therefore, therefore the popes all descend from Peter, and la la la. That's why we have St. Peter at the gates of heaven, letting you in or out in every joke in the history of ever. Um, but, but right, it's not Peter himself that is that where the church is, is, is built upon. But, but I think it's, 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 
It's this witness, right? You are the Christ. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. This, this message of that, that we'll find out more next week after Jesus says all the things that Christ is supposed to, to is, is coming to do. But, but the Christ is come not to, not to tell us what to do, but to bring us in reconciliation with God and to make us God's own, to make us God's children, to make us God's heirs. The Christ has come to give us new identity, to give us um, a new place in, in God's kingdom. We are heirs um, in God's kingdom, so it's not about what we must do, it's about who we are. We are God's. And it's upon that witness that the church is found. It's upon that testimony that the church is found, upon this one. And then there's sort of the double entendre, right? where, where Jesus is sort of making fun of all the other gods in the rocks that are right in front of him. All these little shrines that have Pan and Caesar Augustus and all these other things that are right there for everybody to see. Upon this rock, the church is going to be built. That is, these gods are nothing. The church is going to be uh, come down against it. And um, I tell you, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Which um, is not mean what we've often thought it's meant for a long, long time, and, and how the church really has acted, right? The church acts like the gates of hell will not prevail against us, so here's what we do. We all gather up into a little huddle, and we separate ourselves from the evil of this world, and protect it, and pray, and therefore the evil will not come in and get us, which is not what that means at all. Right? This is not a defensive position that Jesus is talking about. This is an offensive position. Not an offensive position, but an offensive position. That is, the church's responsibility is to go into the world to defeat evil. That the evil of this world cannot stand against the gates. The gates are the city, right? And so if hell is here and the gates of hell are here, church can combat against all the hell that exists in the world. And the evil of this world cannot stand against the church and cannot stand against the reality that the Christ has come into the world and cannot stand against the reality that we are the people of God. And Jesus goes on Whatever you bind on heaven will be bound. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That is, Jesus gives, has now given the power for us to say to all the evil of this world, you're bound. You have, no, you have no power here. You have no place here. All of the evil and the injustice of the world, you have no place. I bind you in the name of Jesus and send you out. And for those who need to be loosed and set free, I loose you in the name of Jesus. Be free. Set free from all of the things of this world which lead us 
really to what St. Paul says today, do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that you may know the will of God is good and pleasing, perfect will. And that doesn't mean separate yourself from the world. It doesn't mean leave the world. What it means is do not be bound any longer by the world, by the world's pressures, by the world's ideals, by the world's, all the things that the world says are, are valuable and most important. Don't be, don't be conformed by this. Don't be bound by this, but be transformed and be set free, be loosed to know what God's good and pleasing, perfect will is. It begins with therefore, which is great. When there's a therefore, you have to know what it's there for, right? So, as more fun clergy, humor, dad joke type things, right? It's great. But it is very important when you have a therefore. It's, we always have these, these readings from the epistles that are like, therefore. Usually you just have to go back a couple verses this, therefore, actually goes for all 11 chapters before this. So all of the things that we've been talking about all summer long, about law versus grace, about coming into, into um, being heirs of God's kingdom, about not having to, to live this way, to be set free in God, to be grafted into the house of Israel, um, and... Uh, all of all of this, everything um, that surrounds um, the book of Romans and and the joy of being being an heir of God's kingdom. Therefore, present yourself as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. Therefore, offer yourself as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. That is, give yourself up and, 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 and then he goes on. Right? Don't be conformed any longer to the patterns of this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then, by grace, don't think yourself better than anybody else. Right? You're, you're all in this together. We're all in this together. We all have different gifts. If you're a preacher, preach. If you're a teacher, teach. If you're a giver, give generously. If you're this, that, like all, all over. If you're merciful, do it cheerfully. God is God has given you gifts, and He's given us one another, and He's made us one church in order to stand against the evil of this world and to proclaim that Jesus is King and Lord, and to loose anybody who's bound up to set free anyone who feels they're not enough to receive God's love and to bind any evil that tries to come against us and say that we're less than. Right? All of these things are so. This is who do you say that I am? Jesus asks. Who do we say that Jesus is? He is the one who's come to live and to die and to be raised that we might have life. 
Because the greatest evil that's about to try to stand against Jesus is death, right? And even death cannot hold him. The gates of hell cannot stand against the evil, against the church. No evil in this world can stand against the power of God. And this is what we, as living sacrifices, are invited into. Not to do, quote-unquote, but because of who we are. We've been given power and authority and blessing in spirit to proclaim God's grace and love to a hurting and broken world. We're called to extend ourselves to clothe, to heal, to bless, to anoint. That God's children might indeed know the power of grace and love. And to take seriously that authority that we have, that the evil of this world can't stand in the path of God's love and God's grace.